Well, hello, friends and loyal listeners. Welcome to another episode of Bridging the Digital Divide. Hey, I'm Lisa Capala with you for episode 17 of season three of Bridging the Digital Divide. Along with me, I have my Sherpa guide, Brad McKenna. Hi, Brad. Hey, Lisa. How are you doing? Good to see you. Same here. And hear you. And <laughs> next to him is our resident board game designer, Jeff Johnston. Welcome, Jeff. Well, hello. Thanks, Brad. Thanks, Lisa. I'm glad you've invited me here to chat a little bit. Yeah, this should be fun. So um, we've had a little hiatus uh, for those of you who are loyal to us. It's been a little time off because one of us got married and it was me. So <laughs> congratulations. I'm back. Thank you. All right. So without further ado, we're going to talk about board games and how that worked before the pandemic and after the pandemic. And that is why Jeff is here to help us kind of talk about what that was like. I mean, what else did you do during the pandemic? I, I binged watched a ton of <laughs> Netflix, but I'm sure people were playing board games sure. at home too. Sure. I mean, it was just little old me by myself at that time. So I don't know what game I would play by myself except Solitaire, <laughs> right? So Jeff, tell us a little bit about your background and gaming and making board games and where you got your start. Oh, great. Well, you know, I live here in Wilmington, and, um, you know, I have a day job. I'm a software engineer supporting the Air Force uh, over at Hanscom Air Force Base with the uh, MITRE Corporation. Um, But on the side, I spend a lot of time um, creating games, tabletop games, board games, card games. And I usually have like an eight-year-old in family in mind when I'm I'm creating these (laughs) games. So that's really, you know trying the the fun environment I'm uh, you know trying to create okay and how did you actually get your start in the building and creating of games you know I was talking with a colleague at work and he kind of shared with me that uh, you know he had a bucket list dream and that was he wanted to walk into a bookstore and see a book that he had written on the shelf for sale and it just got me thinking like what what would be my bucket list kind of like that and and it was you know basically the same thing but with a board game <laughs> nice and so um you know that was maybe 15 years ago oh, wow. and you know i i created a little game and i uh you know started working on it and i i, I shared it around i tried to find some publishers that might want to do it and no one was really interested and you know uh, five or six years later i kind of got inspired, dusted it off the shelf, found a publisher, and uh, there's this little little game about toasting marshmallows out on the market today. A publisher started producing it about eight years ago. But um, actually, if you walk into the gift store at Grand Canyon National Park, you will see toasted or roasted on the shelf right there. You can buy it. You can try to light a campfire and toast three marshmallows while everyone else is trying to turn your marshmallow into a Blackened crisp. Cool. <laughs> I would awesome. love that something like that. I think that's fun. We'll just have to do a road trip for that. So, but obviously, technology has grown and changed. When you made your marshmallow game, you're talking about what technology did you use to help you create that? And when you say it's a game, is it an actual board game or is it a computer game? Right. Okay. So all the games I make are physical games, um, and. You know, pre-pandemic, um, you know, my approach and, and for that particular game was, you know, I, you know, came up with some, you know, what were the new cards were going to be in my game. And I would actually tape, print them out and then tape them, <laughs> physically tape them to a playing card deck. And and then wow. I would I would, you know, start playing that in the house with, the, you know, family and friends. 
And, um, you know, that was my, my first go. But then as I met more and, and got more ideas, um, it was it was easier to create the physical prototype. But but we would focus on making a physical prototype. So maybe we would use card sleeves now instead of taping, you know, <laughs> taping it to a... Li- right. to Necessity a is the yeah. mother of invention. Yeah, exactly, right? you know, with, with a, you know, you know, a card in the back or something. And, and so, you know, quick snip these things together. And so pre-pandemic... My strategy with making these games is not to actually be the publisher of them and, and you know, walk around with boxes of my game and, and sell them to people. Although I probably have a couple in my trunk right now if you're <laughs> really, really interested. All right, we're going to run <laughs> out right <laughs> now and go get those. Um, so what I try to do is make a, a good enough prototype, a prototype that might, you know, if I gave it to a publisher that's looking for an idea for a game, that they could sort of see a product that mm-hmm. could from, come from that. They could mm. play the game themselves, see where the fun is, and then they would do all the hard mm-hmm. work. <laughs> and in return, I would get a very a very modest, very modest uh, royalty based on the sales. Right. Yeah. And so that, that was my approach. And so, you know, that's what I would do pre-pandemic. And then what I would do is um, maybe make that prototype. I would go to a meeting with some fellow game designers. We would play each other's games to you know, play test them and, you know, find out where they were, um, you know, broken, where the rules didn't work. Bugs, right? That's what we call that, right, <laughs> yeah. Brent? Yeah. Bugs. We call them bugs, Problems yes. in the program. Okay. Yeah. What does your family, or what do your family and friends think of you doing this as a side gig? Oh, um, a lot of them are interested in what's going on. So they'll ask, you know, hey, what's up? Um, right. A lot of them have volunteered to play test oh, cool. some of the games. Um but usually those people that are very close to me, like my family in particular, they often get to play test the game long before it's fun. Right. And, and so sometimes, <laughs> say when I'm playing with my children, dad doesn't want to hear that just yet. So, <laughs> right. So let's just say it's harder to get them to play test in right. my games Because for you, it's like a new child. And, you know, and you're like, hey, my baby is beautiful. What do you mean? Right. Because every baby is so, beautiful. Yeah. Right. But it feels like that. So when the pandemic hit, you had already been designing games, obviously, for your whole life here and there. How did what happened change the way you went about the engineering of the games that you made? Yeah, absolutely. And so that's where, you know, I knew there was a lot of technology out there, but, you know, necessity, you know, you know, yes. bre- breeds, uh, you know, the need of, you know, to overcome some challenges and start learning some new things. So our the first thing our game design group did was we started to learn um, about some of these applications that are out there that you can create your own board game in. Hmm. And so, Stealing your thunder, those technology <laughs> people. Exactly, exactly. So, you know, coming up with the game idea, you know, still pretty much the same pre-pandemic and post-pandemic. But instead right. of, like, cutting out those cards, um, you know, I, I would make a, a small file that represented the card and say in PowerPoint. I, I would use very basic things. Um and I still use PowerPoint, um, but some of the tools that other people are using, you know, they're using the Adobe tools. Oh, jeez. Um, they're using, um, I've, I've started using Inkscape um, as a way to create, um, you know, GIFs and, or GIFs, depending on which <laughs> camp, camp you're from, or, uh, you know, PNG files, imagery files. And so instead of just printing those on a piece of paper and, and cutting them up, um, save each of those images as a file. And so there are, um, you know, several um, applications, websites, uh, tools that can help. So 
as a game designer, I'm mostly looking at the game playing environments that lets me create my own game and present that. So you're looking for tools to help you visualize and create your vision, really. That's what you're doing. You're kind of backwards engineering it, I think is what they call it, back-end engineering, right? So you're sort of <laughs> saying, here's what I want to do on the big scale, and then what tools can I use to create that? Right. Right. I have a vision in my mind, and yes. I and I and I, you know, how can I put it into an environment that I can share with people? And you know, so there there are um, some some board game arena is a is a website you can go to, and um, many people have created what what have been referred to in my world as real games, um, <laughs> as opposed to my prototypes. You mean like Monopoly, like and Monopoly, all that kind and things of stuff. like that. And so, board okay. game arena is is a place you can go play games that exist. It's not, however, an environment where I can easily create my own game. So the first tool, because because um, it's 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 more like like as you did the uh, the intro with us here um, talked about you know how do you play games right. Um, Play games, and so so these are environments that we're focusing more on people that wanted to play games. So okay. so so publishers have come, and it's just usually it's like a higher technical bar. Yes. they they give you some tools, but you know, again, here I am, a person who has just finished, you know, using a pair of scissors and scotch tape to <laughs> yes, you know a- assemble my pr- my prototype, you know. What are the kind of tools I'm going to use? I don't want to live in a world where there's no scotch tape. Because <laughs> I use it always. for everything. Gaff tape, any kind of duct tape, any kind of tape there is. Yeah. I love that. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay. So Tabletop Simulator was the first tool that I learned to use. So it's an application. You can um, find it on Steam and download it. And what it is, it's, it's a great sandbox for developers. So it has... Um, uh, libraries of common components, right? Oh, you want a deck of cards? You just drop this thing right in. Oh, you want a table, right? You get a, an actual table that you're on. Um, standard boards and things like that. Okay, so let me stop you for a minute. Mm-hmm. So you're in this app. You're looking at it through Steam. It's helping you to create pictures that you can then print because we're talking about actual physical board games, right? We're not talking about virtual. We're going to do a show, Brad, mm-hmm. soon on virtual gaming. But what you're saying is you're going there so you can get physical pictures of things that will print that you can then laser cut or circuit cut. Oh, help me out here. Right. So it's exa- Oh, I was right. Good. Show over. <laughs> yes. It's, it's, it's exactly not that. Okay, good. <laughs> right. So tell right. me how it works. Be- because, because I want to play a game and I want to play test this game yes. with you, Lisa, in your living room, right. and you, Brad, in your kitchen, and right. me, you know, in my family room. And okay. we're all going to bring up our computer together. And, ah. and if we all have Tabletop Simulator, okay. then, then I can say, hey, search in the game for Jeff's great new game. Oh, we'll okay, find the same session and, and go into this little virtual room that will have a table on it, and, and I'll have created this. And so... So okay. it just has a library thing. So I'll throw a table in there. I'll put a board on it. Okay. And then I can, you know, so put dice and So now you're talking like about creating your own virtual game mm-hmm. within the game. So in other words, yes. you make the game and then you invite your friends to come play the game. And that's virtual. Yes. Okay. Have you ever made anything that's actually physically tangible? So pre-pandemic, I would. That's how I approached mm-hmm. it. Yes. As we as we realized we couldn't get together, we said let's make things virtual. Right. And in fact, I have several game designs 
that had have had never been made re for real. I, I had never gone to the step of doing the printing it up because okay. sometimes it's more trouble. Once you once you get into <laughs> yes. the digital digital world, you know, like I can go in and make all these changes. Yeah. You know, you know, just like you're editing your Word document, sure. um, it's a lot easier to edit it on the computer mm, rather right. than like scratch through it with your red pen, <laughs> right? And then and then reprint. Yeah. Um, and then when you're talking about games, you know, if I have you know 50 tiles uh, and uh. and two dice and these kind of things, so so the virtual world um, gave us a lot of flexibility in that regard. Um, at some points, I took a step back and said. What 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 is it going to take to make this real? Because mm -hmm. I do want it to be a real product. Right. And you know, you know, if you've been, it's so easy to make it digitally. You know, you yes. kind of forget. You know, you <laughs> like you put too much complexity into too many components and things like that. Um, so Tabletop Simulator was a great tool. Another one I discovered was called Tabletopia, and it, very yeah. similar concept. It's not as good as a sandbox, and I call it a sandbox because when I'm designing a game. You know, sometimes I'll just come with the core, like, loop of fun. Like, you know, like I don't know what the theme is yet, or I don't know if this is even fun, you know. Usually I know the theme, because I'm usually a theme-first designer. But right. I want to make a game about, and this, okay, here's a true story. Um, so I just made a game. We like true stories. Yeah. Go ahead. You're, you're at the campfire, right? And what always happens when you're sitting at the campfire? The smoke always yes. comes to where you're sitting. You know, yes. you move to the next seat, Doesn't suddenly matter. the smoke is moving there, yes. right? Mm -hmm. So I said, that's a game, right? It's true. Oh, okay. So, nice. so, so I came up with a game and, you know, so I just, I put a concept in front of the, the play testers um, and we just play, is this fun? And, and, you know, I like to say we, we take our terrible games and make them for us. So the first idea I had on how you do this, you know, just wasn't fun, yeah. right? You know, but we, 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 broke, we broke through all of that. Hmm. So, but when you're in that kind of sandbox mode, it's kind of like, well, let me, let me just, let me copy this card so we have two of them, right? Let me delete these cards, things like that. Tabletop Simulator is very good at that. Tabletopia, not as good as that. Um, you know, when you start up a session, you're going to be using the components you are. So it's better for a prototype that's a little bit further along. But the thing I loved about Tabletopia was if we got together, it's a web-based app, you wouldn't need a copy of this, right? I could just send you a URL. You don't even need an account on Tabletopia. And you can type in, you know, oh, join as a guest, right? So now I can reach out to a lot of, you know, families with younger children and, you know, kind of the target family I'm looking at. And, and you don't have to have bought a $20 application <laughs> like Tabletop Simulator to play. So... Um, Tabletopia was a great environment All right, for so that. So you create something within Tabletopia or the other thing you mentioned. How do you get people to play that other than your own family? All right. And you're going to invite people, but, you know, how does that work? Right. So how do we collaborate? Well, our game design group. Yes, you, that's what I meant. To yes. <laughs> <laughs> our game design group, um, we, we used to, you know, go down into downtown Boston in a meeting room, maybe at Emerson College or... Um, you know, Northeastern University or something like that, some, some shared space that we were able to secure and get there and we'd, we'd put the games up on the board and who wants to play this and we'll play each other's games. Mm. Um, how are we going to do that? So we uh, gravitated to a uh, environment, uh, Discord. Mm. So Discord is a, a set of servers that really enables a, a bunch of, you know, you know, meeting rooms. You can have voice chat rooms. You can have text chat rooms. You can have topic rooms. Um, and, you know, so, so we have 
long-running conversations. Someone will throw an idea out and do that. Uh, but, but it also lets us get into the same kind of video chat area mm. and talk about that. So, so, so from there, we would then say, here's the URL that I want you to use. Or, hey, we're all playing in tabletop. Does everybody have tabletop simulator um, or screen top GG? Oh, my uh, Lord. Screentop.gg. These will all be in the companion page. Uh, oh, yeah. Or, I'm taking notes. <laughs> or Tabletop Playground. These are all, all applications that, that we okay. use. How um, did you find all these, though, Jeff? I don't want to out you as being in the same age category as myself, but, you know, I I would go to a game store and buy a game, you like would. a physical, tangible game. Mm-hmm. How did you actually enter the world of technology, and, and how – hard was it to embrace that it sounds like you have an engineer's mind so that probably was a perfect place for you to live but for those of us who never venture into that world how did you emulate and simulate doing that right well most of this most of these technologies and the tools that i'm listing they were there but the you know there was a little there was that barrier like you just said of like wanting to do it and i never had the want Mm. until i had the need yeah and, ah, oh, right? I like that. And so, <laughs> so then, then we started to do it. And and to be honest, some of these tools, and some of the management tools that I'm using and things like that, actually turned around. And, and I've seen them used in the workplace. Um, and so, I, and then I've taken some tools from the workplace mm-hmm. and used now in this sort of quote workplace for yes. me. <laughs> you know, as you try to be, um, I don't want to say professional, but efficient. You know, and yeah. and and things like that. So. Um, and then also just working with the game design community, it just gave me an opportunity to work with people of all sorts of different backgrounds, mm-hmm. all different ages. Um, and, you know, that's helped now back in the workplace as, you know, workplaces mm-hmm. where, we're, you know, you know, diversity and technology and, you know, you know, all, all these aspects are just I kind of got to cut my teeth on several of these topics mm-hmm. under this umbrella of like making fun games right okay you know and the passion to make a fun game is like okay i'll get over that hill i'll learn how to do a few so, things so what you're saying is the goal for you was to make a fun game and however you got there was okay with you right yeah as okay. long as um i didn't have um thirty thousand copies of a game sitting in the garage that was one of my <laughs> wife's requirements and yes and that i that i live under the budget of those modest royalties of the toasted or roasted game okay. sales but so <laughs> which so, we call the marshmallow money nice. right okay. so not to, not to not to sound bizarre here but you're not actually making real tangible physical a game i could go to a store and buy right you are making virtual games which is just as lovely I'm just saying, from a novice point of view, I can't really go and physically pick up the game that you made, but I can download it, right? So my goal in all of this is to create a prototype that a publisher uh, would play and say, you know okay. what, I'm going to make a real copy of that, and I'm going to do all the hard work of getting it produced and putting it in the game This store. sounds like Shark Tank. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like you go in and you say, okay, how much is it? Because to make yeah. the physical s'mores game that you talk about, to make it actually tangible in the real world, touchable, wow. Right. Yeah. There is a... A, a plant in China involved, and, yeah, and, there, and there's and the and supply there's chain, supply chain and issues. All right, that, there was yeah. one point that you couldn't order a new copy of it because, you know, they were waiting in it to be right. disembarked in a port in L.A. So, so let me ask the hard question: Which do you like better, 
the actual physical, tangible, touchable cards, or do you like the virtual? Right. It, it will always be... Because you come from both worlds. Yeah. It will always be the tangible, touchable. because me too, me too. Because A, A, you like the feel of it, but B, if my goal is to make, you know, an eight-year-old smile and, you know, grin deviously at, at, <laughs> at their, you know, parents as they're about to give them the whammy, um, you know, it you just you just don't see each other, you know. So so the Discord server I'm talking about really is a great, great way to share text and, and talk. You can have, you know, everybody up on a screen in like a Brady Bunch kind of Zoom yes, view. Yes, yes. Right? Um, it's not the same, though. It's, it's just but not the pandemic fun. kind of created the need for that more so than, I mean, it was already there, Brad, right, technology-wise. Let's speak to you a little bit about gaming technology. I mean, that. So he's, there's so much out there, and, like, how you get pointed to it is through word of mouth, right? And a lot of the times you get pointed to technology within another technology. And so it's kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy where you're on a Discord server chatting with somebody about it. Well, have you tried this app to use, to design the game? And so it's not about, like, creating new things, but as technology becomes more popular, then there's money in it for the companies to create like copycats and improve upon things. Right. So it's like Zoom. Zoom was there years before the pandemic, but because it was so easy and lightweight to install and the need was totally there, it just took off. And but, I mean, we talked about on one of the shows in a, in a maudlin way, please don't get upset <laughs> listeners, that the pandemic kind of put Zoom on the map. Yeah. I mean, it was the best thing that could have happened for them as a company. I'm Please, I'm not saying <laughs> the pandemic was a good thing. I'm just saying out of that need, You're they made right. some cabbage. It's, it's, it's changed a lot of things. And I, and I bet it's changed board game industry because it's a lot easier to collaborate with people that aren't physically near you anymore and get people to play because your kids don't want to play anymore. <laughs> right. right. So right. it's really improved a lot of things. So you have to you have to admit that. I mean, that's fine, but it's also not saying that, yeah, the pandemic was a good thing. Right. <laughs> and, I mean, Jeff, I, I applaud your willingness to jump into the arena mm. of technology. I mean, I, I think looking at you and talking to you, I can sense that you probably were already there. But as we get a little older in age, it's kind of harder to – jump into that pool and sort of say, all right, I'm just going for it. And I'm glad you did that because yeah. that takes courage to do mm. that. It does, you know. Um, one of the things I like, too, about the virtual world is it can connect different countries. Mm. So, you know, it's, I mean, every perspective is different from every place that you live. Mm -hmm. So that's that kind of probably made it interesting for you, too. Right. So, I, you know, my as I said, my ultimate goal is to get the game in front of a publisher, right? Mm -hmm. Right. And where are publishers? So often I would have to go to, say, a gaming convention mm -hmm. where they were displaying, and we would set up a small meeting. Because, you know, you can send them a little piece of paper about your game, you know, but you really kind of want to get them to play it, right? Yeah. You know, because mm -hmm. it's just easy to... And so you'd have to go to these, you know, kind of in-person, in-real-life conventions. So, again, pandemic hit, and now you talk about, you know, talking with people in the world and things like that. The publishers realized, hey, wait a second, I can't meet with people, but I still want to hear about great ideas. Mm -hmm. So so they started setting up, you know, pitch sessions, right? So, so here's a weekend. So, so I once got... Um, you know, Ravensburger, which is based in Germany. So, so you know, they're like, hey, we're going to do a designer's weekend, right? And so, you know, I booked my 30 minutes, and I got to talk to someone in Germany. And in this case, I didn't use a virtual. I had physical copies on the table. I bought a, an additional camera and just pointed at the table, and I would just, you know, like, just here's, right. here's, here's you, know, you know, three minutes about each game that I've got. Um, 
you know, going on and things like that. So, so what happened because of the situation, everybody realized I need to, like, I can talk to people all the time now, virtually, right? And people can show me their game digitally <laughs> or in, in, in face-to-face. And so now the bar has, has mm. lowered, you know, I've got a lot more opportunities um, to do that that I just didn't have before. Now, the other side of the coin is that all these brilliant designers that have much more fun ideas than I do <laughs> are getting in the door, too. And they're yeah. like saying, oh, I like that idea better than yours. So but it's yeah. it's it's fun, you know, from from someone from my perspective, I'm not trying to make a living off of this in right. that regard. So just like the potential, you know, like, you know, like like that Ravensburger, right? pitched them six ideas and they said, hey, why don't you send us those two? Right. Send it off, you know. And so then I would, you know, spend 18 months waiting for <laughs> them know, to respond, just, you, you know, before they just, said no. But, but at least for 18 months, I was, yeah. I was you fine. You just really never know what yeah. the market is going to bear or what's going to be the pet rock or the uh, what Teddy Ruxpin or the, oh. you know, you never know what really, it's very hard to predict what the public will want. And a lot of that depends on what goes on in history and in life. And so there's so many variables uh, there. And I'm glad you have a day job because <laughs> doing it for real full time, I can't even imagine yeah. what that would be like, you know. So, I mean, just a hit list of other little technologies um, that I use. So uh, we mentioned the conventions. So some conventions decided to try to do uh, a version of their convention in Discord. And so you would kind of log in, you, you could sort of see rooms and join a room and play some games there. And so sometimes that was a good forum, but the, the most successful um, kind of transition from a real world convention into a digital convention was the Boston Festival of Indie Games here in Boston. And they used an application called gather.town. And in this environment, uh, my daughter had actually used this as part of her PhD studies. She was she was at a at a, a convention that they were hosting, and normally at these kind of research conventions, you would stand next to a poster of your research, and people would walk by. And Gather.town gives you this kind of two D view of a of a space you've created. You can create a space as complicated as you want, and so you kind of create like the booth. So a game convention, you'd wander down aisles, booths to your left and right. You know, you'd catch somebody's eye. Somebody would have some interesting game, and you'd stop and talk to them about it. And so Gather.Town does the same thing. You have this, as you log in, you make a two-bit character of yourself. And you use the AWSD you know, keys to move around. And as your little two-bit character comes, say, close to Brad, um, a little video camera would pop up between us. And we'd see each other at that point. And then, wow. and then we could talk at that point, right? Awesome. And Lisa, if you were running the convention, you might have assigned one spot that was like a, a, a broadcast podium. And if you step on that... Everything you say, everybody can hear, right? So you can make announcements. Oh and, and it was just wonderful. And so I adopted that. I call it the Pair of Jacks Games. That's the name of my company. I'm not even sure I said that. Um, you didn't, but now you have. There we go. We'll pair of Jacks I call page. it the Pair of Jacks Games Cozy Room, right? So it's just a little room. Nice. It's got a couch and a fireplace. Love it. And, again, it's another one of those, like, Discord, you have to have an account, you know, and you have to, you know, join Discord groups. But, again, this... Um, gather.town room, I just give you a URL. You you don't need an account. You just come to my room, make yourself a little character if you like. We sit on the couch. Suddenly we've got camera, we've got voice, 
and I can chat you a link to Tabletopia and we're playing the game, right? And all of that without you needing to have bought or loaded any application other than your web browser. Brad, and we're off and playing. For those of us who forget what URL means, uh, can you please? It's basically the web the web address. So it's un, un, uh, Universal Resource Locator. And so okay. it's just the location on the web. Right. It's like the link thing that yeah. you copy H- and paste into the yes. browser thing. There you go. Thing. You got it. Okay. <laughs> What do you think about all this, Brad? Like you're in between us yeah. two, age wise. Yeah. Um, you know, I love it. I so like I got I got into board games years ago, and it is there's there's a different feel to it for sure. And there's different kind of games, and there's there's so many different things. But I also like being uh, you know really interested in technology. There's there's in uh, what what did you call it? Gather Town? This like environment. It sounds so fun. It sounds like uh, like interactive like sims with real 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 people there was years ago there was a platform like this uh called second life and it was basically you create your own avatars and you basically interact with other real people in like say they would be a virtual library and you would go to the library and talk with other librarians and so again Ooh. this technology is sounds like minute. a fun friday night yeah. for you librarian <laughs> for me, people yeah. uh-huh. okay but it's 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 a virtual representation of like a, of a real situation and it mm. seems like this model is being duplicated as industries needed so it's it's fascinating to see how each each uh, area of interest Hmm. adapts technologies for themselves. Yeah, and I had I had two fun moments in that Gather.Town Boston Festival of Indie Game. The first was I saw someone wandering by that I knew, oh. and and I saw their name there, and I, so I got my AWSD, and I yeah. ch- chased them down, and I said, hi, you know, just like you would. What is yeah. an AWSD? It's the keyboard, so it's the movement. <laughs> Thank you. So that's how you move. It's, there's no mice, right? So Thank you. So you just use the keyboard. Oh, that's that finger thing? Yeah, so you yeah. so like forward is what, W, and yeah, then yeah, yeah. left is A, and right is, so oh, like that's oh, how you oh, navigate. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Continue. <laughs> yeah, and then the other thing was in this environment, like you'd see like somebody coming towards your booth, and you'd see they kind of <laughs> pause there, oh, wow. and then they'd keep walking and ignore you. Uh, and uh, even you know that happens all the time in the real conventions. Yeah. Yes. But at that moment of the pandemic, even that moment I missed. Oh, interesting. <laughs> and, and so the Gather Town environment allowed that to even happen. So wait a minute, the pandemic made you miss rejection? So, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So like, so like you can be dissed in the real world and the fake world. That's right. lovely. Exactly. I know, guess what? Yeah. What's I'm thinking of it from a, a novice point of view. Like, I might not do that in the real world because yeah. I used to go to dental conventions and you'd mm-hmm. smile at every booth. Yeah, mm-hmm. great. Another toothbrush, you know. Um, but. In the virtual world, you can kind of be a little sassier, mm. right? Oh, yeah. Right, you can sort right. of walk by and be mm. like, whatever. But in real life, it's harder to do it's that. True. Right, yeah. right. And so this is a bridge, a little bit of a bridge that, yeah. I mean, I know you're there, and I know yeah. you're ignoring me. You don't miss the real world of games? Like, you don't want to get a circuit printer and make boards, and you don't? You like the virtual world? No, I do actually like making them. And, and okay. from a prototype perspective, Physically going through the process of making one, I almost always learn something new about the game too, right? You know, yes. so, um, because the components, you know, interact with each other and yes. things like that. And so in the computer, you know, maybe it always snaps to a point, right? You right. know, I, c- I can make it so that when you play this card, it's always going to be at a 45 degree angle and face up, right? Right. You know, and then when I start like actually doing that, like, like can a, yeah. pl- can a player actually do that? 
right. you know, is that is that cumbersome? Does that slow down right. the fun? You know, those things. So you yeah. have to, you have because, to do it both Because, you know, I, I mean, I've bought games my whole life, and, you know, the original Monopoly, gosh, it's changed so much mm. since what we have now. And some of the upgrades, like I'm thinking of the game of life, the cars used to be, for those of you who've never played it, you get a little car and you put people in there, pink and blue little people. And as the years have changed and they, mm. the game design people, have learned to make things better, they've changed it. But I don't like change, which we've talked about <laughs> before. So when I open up the new box, I'm like, what happened to my little blue car? Now it's something else, you know. Um, but there is something to be said for the tangible and, and the intangible. They're both good. I think I think you, I was teaching somebody to use the 3D printer at the library the other yes. day. And I was teaching them Tinkercad which is just the browser-based um, 3D design tool that we use because it's free and you don't have to download anything. And so a kid came in with a file and he had there was something wrong with the file because it's so different to design in two dimensions than in three dimensions. So you must run into weird things where like you would overlook something when you're designing it because you only have those two dimensions online versus mm. designing it physical. You have just different things must pop out to you. Right, and certain games are hard to do virtually. So mm -hmm. I have a game, and I actually use the Wilmington Library's 3D printer mm -hmm. um, to help me print a component for it. I call it uh, Leaf Me Alone, <laughs> and you're collecting these little tiles of leaves, and if you can match them up on your rake, you the, the, the there's a rake component that's on a little cantilever, and you just hit the end of the rake and all the leaves at the front end go flying out of your yard, mm. hopefully onto your neighbor's <laughs> board, right? And so, you know, I did many prototypes of that um, physical component at the library to see that it would work. But to program that sort of kinetic aspect of a game is beyond my, mm. my, 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 my skills. And so, so some games you, I just set aside. I also had a game about um, building a dandelion and then you would blow on it. And, and, and it would spin and things like that. Like and so that. And so during the pandemic, I found that pitching any game about blowing on anything, <laughs> just not the right time for that. Very so, funny. so that one still sits <laughs> off in the corner uh, wait, waiting, waiting for, you know, some point in the endemic to uh, bring it back. Okay. So shall we do our food for thought? Because I think we're just about at that area. Yeah. Let me put the music on for that. And I understand we have two of those today. So let's get the music on first. And now it's time for your technology tidbit bit food for thought so when i got thinking about what would make a good food for thought for this i'm like oh well, who was the first where was the first board game was it like milton bradley parker brothers One definitely of not yeah no I, I thought it was gonna be a lot older than that and i was right Yay. so the, the oldest board game on record was called something called the royal game of ur you are and it was uh built in it was the product of mesopotamia 4600 years ago so it's kind. Of, board games are kind of old. So what do you think it costs? Like five goats <laughs> and an <laughs> olive chicken. branch or something? I don't know. Yeah. So it's fun That's to see. Cool. Like there's so much. There. It's such a history to board games that yeah. like I knew it was long, but like millennia. Right. I, I wouldn't have expected that. And and kudos to you, Jeff, for you know actually embracing technology. And moving forward, and you know making your vision come alive any way that was possible. I kind of like that. 
Yeah. All right. What's your little food for thought you want to tell us? Oh, yeah. So, you know, we've talked about, you know, my my, you know, trying to make games and, and I talked about modest royalties and things. And so <laughs> so there's an old riddle in the community. You know, how do you actually make a small fortune in the board game industry? Mm. And the answer is, of course, start with a large fortune. Me. Okay. <laughs> oh, my God. That's so true. That's so true. Because I did mention Shark Tank earlier. And I'm amazed at how much people put yeah. into sock into these projects before mm -hmm. they move forward. But, you know, it's a labor of love. I mean, yeah, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. Right. And you, and, and, you, and you said it earlier, right? Each each of these ideas is sort of your 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 new, newest child. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So where do you get your ideas? In the shower, in the yard, watching TV? What? How do you percolate these ideas? Uh, you know, you find those moments of boredom, just like you said, right? Yeah. Mo mowing the yard in the shower. Those, those are eureka are, moments. Right, those yeah. are not boredom moments. That's, that, like if you make a cabillion dollars, yeah. you'll be pretty yeah. thrilled about that. For, but that's me, not the yeah. goal. For me, most generally, I just I look back at some nostalgic moments from when I had fun as a kid and a family and things like that. Usually that's the source. But then sometimes you just get weird. You know, I have a game where you're um, aliens escaping from a prison on a planet that's being destroyed, right? So, well, hey. you know, I, I don't think that happened in my childhood. But, um, you know, it's a good Well, that's thing. a show for another channel on another day. But uh, but I think, I think you know, um, like, like I said earlier, you just never know what's going to take off. You really mm. just... Don't know. And mm -hmm. it could be anything. You just never know. So mm -hmm. keep doing it. Yeah. That's what I say. Brad, tell us about the companion page so we can find out about all these great tools if we're into gaming or we want to know what our kids are up to. <laughs> like, what, where do we yeah, go for that sure. and what do we see? Yeah, so we have a companion page on the library's website, which is wilmlibrary.org slash BDD, Bridging the Digital Divide. Yeah. Um, and I'll, I'll, create, I'll, uh, create a companion, I'll create further reading and links. And I feel bad now. I'm going like to broadcast all these tools that Jeff uses and give him more competition if nah. people see it and start using it. No way. <laughs> it's a great community. And, you know, if somebody wants to try, yeah. Um, you know, and somebody's got an idea, you know, the first step is get it on a table, mm -hmm. right? Yes. Get it in front of people and play it. Find out what parts are fun and what aren't, and then go from there. And that's what yeah. our game design uh, meetup does every other week. Uh, the Game Makers Guild, uh, you can find that on Meetup, and we meet virtually, and we're starting to get back into meeting cool. uh, in person. And, right. and then just contact me, and I'd be glad to talk to you about it. And how it. do we get a hold of you? You can just send me an email at jeff.johnston at pairofjacksgames.com. Okay. Or you can reach me, lisa, L-I-S-A, at wctv.org, and I will make sure that you find our friend Jeff, and he will help you. Yeah. Brad, what do we got coming up for the next few? we got some cool stuff. Yeah, so we, we're still kind of figuring it out, but I think we did, uh, Jeff helped us do physical games, and now we're going right. to try to do virtual games, and there's a couple of areas oh, dun, we're exploring. Dun, dun. Yeah. 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 Uh, so. uh, Brad's going to do a lot of the talking that day. <laughs> well, maybe not me. Yeah. We'll see if we can get somebody else, yeah. so, another expert. All right. Thank you, Jeff, so much for being here with us, and thanks for the things you're creating. Um, you know, joy is a good thing, no matter mm. how you slice it, so... Thank you for yep, you know, I had doing a lot, that. I had a lot of fun, Lisa. Cool. Thank you, Brad. Well, yeah. I was talking about the creations you made, but I also <laughs> am glad you sat here with us. Too. Okay, yes. So, all right, until next time, this has been Bridging the Digital Divide. Thank you guys so much for being with us. We'll be with you again. <laughs> <laughs>